Hi, it's DM Bill, and as you can tell, I am not impressed. Why, you may ask? Because it's what us old folks do. You want to know what does impress me? Besides a full night's sleep without a trip to the bathroom, every two hours, online shopping. That's right, online shopping impresses me. There's nothing I like more than clicking on the doodads on my jitterbug phone and buying the latest D&D books and gaming accessories from Amazon and having it delivered right to my door. That's darn convenient. Next time your kids are on your Twitcher book or Facey time, impress DM Bill and head on over to our website, thedungeonmastersdojo.com, and do some online shopping at our Amazon affiliate store. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and it's a great way to support a podcast. See you next time in the dojo. Support the Dungeon Masters Dojo by heading over to Apple Podcasts and Podchaser and leave a review. Take the time to leave a comment as well. This helps make us more searchable to those listeners interested in content such as ours. But more importantly, we want to know how we are doing and what topics you would like to hear about. Another way you can support the DMD is by buying the DMD a beer, so we can continue to deliver quality content to you, our listeners. This also helps us upgrade and replace equipment. Head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the DMD and buy us a beer, or three, or five. Don't forget to say something nice or mean. We don't care. You're buying us a beer. Now on to this week's episode. You've finally come to the shrine of the old god. Before you stands a massive creature, proportions all out of sorts. One horn atop its ape-like head. It is Kasug the Vile, your quarry. What do you do? Scott? Are you on the phone? Uh, uh, were we supposed to, were we supposed to kill him or just, um, a not? <sighs> we're talking five D&D player pitfalls to avoid this week on the Dungeon Master's Dojo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your dungeon masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's enter the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Hey, Bill. Hey, Scott. You damn well better have ordered enough for everybody. I'll call him back. <sighs> pitfalls to avoid. <laughs> Player pitfalls to avoid. What you don't want to do is what you just did. Is that's <laughs> one of them. Yes. Um, yeah. There's. Uh, we talk a lot about how to be a better dungeon master. You know how to up your game. But we haven't talked a lot about upping your your game from the player's point of view so let's do that i think we need to 
Yeah, a lot of these are well, actually, not a lot. All of these are pet peeves that we we have is 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 DMs, and I'm sure you know to any of the DMs that are listening to us, it's probably probably some of yours too. Yeah, these are kind of the most prevalent. It's definitely not a complete list. No, there's a lot of others. Oh yeah, but these are the ones that are we find most often uh, have slowed play derailed play and it's not only disrespective to the game master but also to the other players so first off you don't work with the party and or the party doesn't work together boy that old chestnut huh we haven't yeah. we haven't encountered that ever before <laughs> <laughs> yeah um we're not. More often, I just look at these players and I go, "Why?" And it's not to say that you know, I mean, you get these brand new players to the game, and they're 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 not going to know their way around the game, and and so we're not we're not talking about about that, no, right? No. Because there's no expectations of a brand new player, not many. Um, you know, show up on time, and we'll help you navigate through the rest of it. But for for players that aren't aren't new, you know, and they're, they're people that have been around the gaming table for a little bit. Um, and they just, uh, you, you don't work at all with the party. It's a social cooperative game. So it's, you know, you, it, you're showing you up to. just to get away from the wife and kids and you spend the whole night on the phone with the wife about the kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Go, go to a bar, go somewhere else, go bowling get the hell off my table or straighten up plain and simple. You're, you're taking the enjoyment away from the other players at the table. Yeah. Uh, work, make an effort to work with the party. Yes. You know, this is what I bring to the table. This is the talent that I, that I have, you know, if you're a wizard, you shouldn't be up there. Wielding a sword in the front line. Yeah. <laughs> it's or, or off doing your own thing, you know, or, or, you know, maybe it's more than just one person. You just have a party that does not work together. And we've seen that f- with, with our own party. Yes, we um, have. At our own table <laughs> where you're scratching your head. You know, it's it's almost like they're running the game and you're sitting there being entertained by the bedlam and chaos that is ensuing. <laughs> um, things are being burnt to the ground. Someone's having a drink in the tavern. There's a brawl happening in the tavern. Now it's out in the street. Um, Meanwhile, someone else is in the brothel. Someone else decides, I'm going to go shopping. It's 11 o'clock at night. Everything's closed. I know I'm a rogue. I'm going to go shopping. Yeah. (sighs) I'm breaking in. Yeah. Um, Work, work together. Um, It, it increases your life expectancy (laughs) quite a bit. And it makes, it makes the game more fun to play when you're working together because you have a, uh, you have a better, you know, better chance of success, a better opportunity to uh, have your epic moments. There is the supposition that the the game master has written a story for you with certain expectations and goals to meet. And if you're just out willy nilly, whether it's one, two, or the entire party, just out there doing your own thing, those expectations are not going to be met, and those goals are not going to be realized. Yeah, it's um, it sucks putting six months into a campaign and 
being second level. Yeah. <laughs> so if, you get experience for what you do, not for just showing up. And Bill, surprise, is not a proponent of participation ribbons for everybody. If you come in third place, you get a third place ribbon. If you came in in fourth place, you don't get anything. So if you don't show up to the game and participate, you're not getting experience points. Right, and 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 nor should you. Um, you know, sometimes all it takes is is it is a a strong personality at the table to kind of cause like a party cohesion to happen, or a you know a strong player character's personality mm-hmm. um, at the table. Like we had. Um, when when Jared moved onto onto my table and he brought his 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 character over Ulred, Ulred was a natural leader. He was just one of those 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 characters that people you know followed. Um, he was sensible. He was reasonable. You know all those things. So we started to see a lot of party cohesion. It was. Um, it was less of Callan Higardine raging into battle and hacking <laughs> and slashing everything that moved while um, Graven blew things up and shot things and, you know, caused chaos and bedlam to unfold. And while Iskander's doing her thing, but sighing in exasperation because she's, you know, she's the only one <laughs> there that, that seems to have a brain. Yeah. Um, so once, <laughs> once Allred came in, it kind of bridged the gap between the, he was the happy medium between the meatheads and, <laughs> and the bookworm. And that's when, you know, weird things like tactics started to happen <laughs> or he would flat out say, no, that's a bad idea. And he would, he would begin to plan. And because in the past it was just like, okay, well, we'll kill it. Because that solves everything. Yeah, we will. We will go to where it is, and we will kill it. And if anything's in between us and the it, we will kill that too. <laughs> and that was that was the plan. It was simple. It was to the point, and and that's the sort of thing that um uh, that happened for a long time before you know a, a party leader kind of emerged, uh, um, and. I don't think Allred was there during the infamous orc camp. No, he was not. No, he was not. <laughs> so if he was, that that debacle probably wouldn't have happened. <laughs> no, it would have. It would. <laughs> and we'll move on. There are some things that just are manifest destiny, baby. <laughs> yep, it's uh, it's gonna happen no matter what. The universe has it planned out, yes. and that's the way it's gonna it's gonna go. Um. <laughs> It didn't wasn't meant to happen, but it happened. It certainly was not meant to happen. That's not the direction I thought it was going to go in. So as a player, you know, don't be that guy. Don't fall into the trap of someone else being that guy and you going, that's cool, I want to do it too. Because that's going to unravel the table. Yeah. Other players are going to get irritated. Your GM's going to get frustrated. And if, if you're the only one having fun, there's a problem. Exactly. Exactly. So let's move on to our next point. And what is that? I have no idea. I didn't plan for it. <laughs> you don't plan <laughs> at, at all. all. <laughs> and uh, 
or your plans are so rudimentary and basic, we're going to go and kill it. Problem solved. Yeah. If anything's in between us and the it, we're going to kill it too. And that's the extent. No planning. Yeah, well... No tactics. Well, that curtails player and character development. Yes. Um, what do you do? I pick things up, I break them, and I put them down. And that's all you do. That doesn't lead to a lot of development for the player or the character. It, they said, meat bag. That's it. <laughs> meat bag with pointy ends. Yep. And uh, that's great in the beginning. In the beginning, uh, for some plays, dungeon crawls, things like that, if you're just doing beer and pretzels, okay, fine. But long-term scenarios, if you you know want to stretch this out from 1st to, to 7th, 8th, 12th, you want a milestone, you want to cap this character, that is not going to happen. It is not. It is not. Not going to happen on my table. It's probably not going to happen on anybody else's. So as a player, look at the progression of your character. Yeah, I, I'm going to take everything that makes everything hurt. My feats, my skills, my weapon style. I want everything to bleed. Okay. You can do that. Why? What's the story behind it? What is the the impetus for this apparent rage? Now, if you can put that across, then you have an acceptable plan. But it's just, oh, we can take, well, I'm going to take that. Why? Because it kind of looks cool. But your character's never done that before. Yeah, but now I'm going to start doing it. Uh, Are you? Or are you just going to continue to do what you've been doing, and that's just something else that's going to waste? Yeah, so planning doesn't necessarily have to be, like, at the gaming table while you're in the campaign or in the adventure or in the session. And what are we going to do about this, that, or the other thing? It could be, and oftentimes is, are you planning out your your character? It, are Did you have a plan? Are you following a plan? Yeah, sure, you can adjust your plan, but, you know, you got to... You got to ask those whys. You know why? Why is that? Why? Why would I be interested in this? I mean, yeah, it's it's good stats wise. I I, mean, I get a bump to my strength or constitution or intelligence or whatever, and then I get this th- other thing. But why? It. I've said forever. Justify it. Justify it with a story. Justify it with the gameplay. Justify it by your play style. Justify it. Don't just take it just because it fits well, like you said. You know, statistically, ooh, I, I look at all this stuff, I extra stuff I get. Um, my, If your sole drive is to have the highest AC on the table, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You're doing it wrong because I'll, I'll start throwing stuff that is in combat real quick. Again, this goes back to the video video game mentality. And need, people need to understand they you really can't bring that to this type of game. Yes. Um, because in the video games, you know, you're always striving to improve yourself only first and foremost everything else even sometimes your parties um even in a lot of these mmos unless you're you know in a big raid group you're just out for yourself really and that's what you know when you're doing that this way you're doing that's what the same thing is yeah there's no dimensionality to your mmo character your computer character you you know you you are just numbers um on a paper doll that's all your armor is that's all your Mm-hmm. your stats are and you're really no different than any other tune that's out there running around in the you know virtual playground you're playing in 
But when you come into a game like Dungeons and Dragons or some other tabletop role playing game, it's it's very different. There's there's multiple dimensions to your to your character, or at least there should be. If if you're gonna get the really big enjoyment out of the game that I've gotten for the past forty one years, then you have to look at every aspect of of your character and and plan. So you you can't be bumping up your character to the next level while the DM is opening up the gaming session. Right? That's something you got to do before you get there. Yep. Yep. Um and if you don't have the time at home to do it because of family responsibilities or whatever you have, you try to show up early and get it done before before the game starts because that lack of planning will hold everything up, not just you but everybody else at the gaming table. And planning can also be a big part of your your background story. Every character should have a background story because when you when you write a background story and you give it to your DM, your DM now has the ability to integrate that background story and expound upon it during the gaming session. And that's where you get a lot of that spotlighting. And to your points as well, I am, and I know Lou does this too, I love to give my character a flaw. Sometimes, you know, a glaring flaw. And other people are like, well, okay. And we've used random charts that have assigned disadvantages to to adorn character creation and stuff like that. And then you get those players that the only thing they do plan for is getting rid of that flaw. That's all. That's their focus. Nothing else gets developed. Nothing else gets done. They're looking for a magical item. They're looking for a spell. They're looking for a stat bump. They're looking for a skill. Stat bump is the big one. You're looking for something that's going to get rid of that disadvantage because it's a disadvantage. Um, Where I plan to maintain that disadvantage for as long as possible because that gives your character character. Yeah. It gives it depth. It makes it more, I don't want to say believable, but... Um, it helps me endear myself to the character and hopefully helps everyone endear him to other players as well. I, um, I, I love playing a flawed character and I, I love playing a flawed character at a table full of flawed characters. <laughs> I, yeah. I think the, the b- biggest enjoyment I ever had was playing at a, the table when we first started our week long getaway with a bunch of characters that were, they were just, they were, they were flawed. They were flawed. They were, yeah. they were, they were very, very imperfect. Rumble belly was, was a, a, a criminal who broke out of prison and Len was very selfish and self-centered and Mullif was a zealot. And Carolou was uh, hopelessly bright and optimistic and and gullible about everything. And it, oh, yeah, squirrel. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, Viviana was a career criminal, and it was just they were, and that's what made them even more heroic was their their levels of imperfection, and doing those those epic things that that they did well the beauty too is those imperfections weren't they they didn't do everything they could to get rid of them 
those imperfections actually became larger and became the whole. You know, they embraced a, them. It, it became the character. Like I said, Len was very selfish, and he always was very selfish, except to the people that he held close. Right, which wasn't the case in the beginning. Right. right. No, he was just out selfish. Uh, but he he grew. He developed. Uh, Rumble Belly started off as a as a a criminal and ended up the fig, you know the acting head of a massive organization to do good and you know a great you know with the white drakes across the world. You know, he was their grand master to go you know from a to a holy order coming from. A criminal, you know, beginning. Uh, Viviana started off as a career criminal and ended up an entrepreneur with chains of establishments that she owned and ran. Uh, Maul started off with, you know, a, a practically xenophobic zealot and grew to the level where he was known worldwide as as a diplomat and a confidant to kings and lords and. You know, so he would step in. So they all used, they didn't get rid of their flaws. They didn't try to hide them either. They didn't try to hide them. The, that flaw became their their paramount feature. And that's what made them them and what endeared them to everybody else. Gave them humanity. Yes. Yeah. And and that all comes from planning, but it's... Mm-hmm. it's um, you know, planning the direction that you want your character to go in. And then taking it step by step. Yeah. I think that's more, um, at least in my mind's eye, thematic planning. Yes. Because there's planning where you can, when you're starting to build your character and you're putting all your scores into place. So we're not talking about that kind of planning because I think a lot of people abuse that because they'll give themselves one or two dumb stats. And that's something I I don't think, I've only did once. Min-max. Yeah, yeah. min-max. And, and that's not really planning. That's I don't want to say, you know, just out being out for your, yourself, your min-max, or, you know, you want to be the best of what you can be. And while I get that, that's not what really everybody is. You're more than just numbers. Yes. Right. And like you said, that's not necessarily what the planning we're talking about. That's just the establishment of the character. That's your, your starting point. You're in the blocks and you haven't gone anywhere. It's after you, the, the gun goes off and you're halfway across the track. That's where the planning comes in. All right, now where am I going to go? And in almost all these characters, third, fourth level, you know, is where you, a lot of them in third level, when you're taking your oaths and your pathways and you're deciding what's, what specialties that your character is going to take, don't just come to the table and go, oh, uh, um, how many are there? Three? All right, someone give me a D6. Now, granted, I do stuff like that a lot, but usually during character creation, but once I get that character made, I usually have a pretty good idea where I want to go with it. It's called a roadmap. Yep. It's never a straight line. Nope. But you got to get from point A to point B. You got to have it planned out. Yep. It's important. How about um, not paying attention during the game? What was that? Who? Yep. What? Huh? Yeah. What? I think the pizza's here. Oh, okay. The one you ordered 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just stay off the damn phone. I don't think... In our group, phones isn't really an issue. No. It's the sidebars. Yeah. The side conversations in, in a group like ours. There, we're an older group. 
hey, what happened at work today? You know, you're in a you're you're in a pretty pissy mood while you play. Well, this happened to me. Oh, and oh, 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 really? Yeah, that kind of happened to me too. Blah, 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 blah. Hey, Marcus, what are you gonna do next? What? Oh, oh, it's my turn. Yeah, it's your turn. What what happened? Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, slowing gameplay. Got to go over it again. Uh, you're going to aggravate your game master. You're going to aggravate your other players. Pay attention. Please. Yeah, and, and every GM out there knows, right, that there's just some days you're on your A game and other days you are not. And that's okay. But it's when it's it's kind of like a constant thing. You know, like you're uh, – you're you're balancing your checkbook. I don't know if people still do that now, um, or you're, you know, you're you're texting, or you know, you're going through uh, a book totally unrelated to D and D, or something, but just not with your focus on the on the game, right? You know, habitually, of course, because we all have those days where we're off. You know, it's good. It's just going to happen. It was a long day at work. You didn't sleep well at night. You know, you're 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 dead tired you know your focus is off but when it's a habitual thing it's a problem because it'll slow everything down so much and it robs the enjoyment of everybody else at the table and I, and I think that's the theme of all these player pitfalls is you're you're kind of taking the enjoyment out of the game for everybody and that's that's unfair very much because you know, we've said this a hundred and something times by now, cooperative gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not part of that co-op, then you're a liability. Yeah. And if it becomes habitual, I've seen it happen where the table goes, does he really have to be here? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a lot of pressure on a DM. Yeah. Cause they're the one that's going to have to pull him aside going, you know, you you need to other focus and pay attention or maybe you just go find another table because you know if you're trying to you know just get away and be somewhere else then just be somewhere else we're here for a reason and you don't seem to be interested in that particular reason yeah it's a hard conversation to have but it's 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 something that sometimes it's going to be necessary and as the game yeah. master you better be ready for it you know cuz if you're lucky, very lucky, and you've never had to have that conversation, more power to you. Go buy a lottery ticket. But if you've been doing this long enough, you've done this a few times. Now, if you don't have a heart like me, it's relatively easy. But for most of you, um, you're going to find this a bit trying. Because you don't want to be that game master. You don't want to be that guy who says, you know, um go away yeah you're not welcome really anymore it's, yeah it's it's a hard conversation it's, it's not have. a good fit um it's not us it's you so pay attention you know to what's going on it doesn't mean you have to write down every detail that's going on you don't have to question everything that's going on but at least pay attention to the gist of what's going on now if you're going over your character sheet or writing notes down for your character that that's fine it it's game related. We get that. If you're not part of the conversation and your character's not there to hear it, then okay, you didn't listen to it. You didn't catch the whole thing. That's fine. But when they turn around and come to you, going, "Okay, it's your turn. No problem. I'm ready." Be ready. You know, because you're still paying attention to the game. Yep, absolutely. So, 
sharing the spotlight. Yes, this is um, this is one of my pet peeves. It's uh, you know, every everybody deserves their moment at the table. Right, everybody's going to have their moment at the table. Or everybody should, you know, if you're if you're a DM and you're running a table, you want to make sure that that spotlight gets put on everybody. It may not hap- happen at every single session, but someone should have the spotlight on them at least once and rotate through from session to session, mm-hmm. so people have their moment. Um, that's just good practice as a GM. But when you have that spotlight on a character and another person kind of comes in and like steps in front of them. Yep. Stealing the spotlight. That's, uh, that's uncool. You know, sometimes people don't realize they're doing it. Other people, they, they do it and don't realize that, Oh, you know, it was kind of a dick move. You know, I was just, I was just having fun too. Yeah. Oh, that well, it reminded me of, and yeah. all right. Well, if he's doing that, I'm going to do this. And it's like, well, that, but he's not done doing that. Yes, let let the other people, and you'll know when the spotlight happens, right? So let the other let the other player have their moment because your moment's going to come too, and you don't want anybody to rob you of that moment nope. when it's on you. That's your that's your opportunity to be cool, you know, do do your thing. Uh, here's my stuff and this is me and everyone watch cause it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So sit back and watch Yep. and, and let that, let that player have that, have that moment. And on the other side of the coin, if you have the spotlight, it's your turn and then it moves on. Don't follow the spotlight to the other guy. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Especially your, your, your time is up. Um, you've had your moment. Don't try to. You won't share it. It's like, no, 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 I have more. We understand that. We know you have more. But your turn's done. And it will come back around. But don't, you know, you need to share the spotlight. You can't hog it. You can't just, all right, well, we're going to move from you to over there. Well, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to help him. He doesn't need help. All right, well, I'm going to do this while he's doing that. Uh, okay, fine, but he's supposed to do that. No, 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 I, I can do it better. Or I want to give it a try because I want to learn. You're hogging the spotlight. Knock it off. Yeah. Wait Wait for your moment. Yes. Because now it is not your moment. Yeah. And just like you said, you'll know when your moment's yeah. there. But you'll know when your moment's over. Yes. And that, that desperate clawing at it is uh, it's just going to make you look pathetic. Yeah. And it's, it's uncool. You don't want to be that guy. No. No. no you do not. So, this is one of my absolute hugest pet peeves. Oh my God, this drives me nuts, and I want to—I want to strangle someone every time I hear it. It's what my character would do uh, as an excuse to be an absolute jerk to someone else at the table, or just to the game master, just yeah. to screw with the game master. Well, that's what my character would do. I'm now an ass. Yeah, you it know, is. just. Uh, this one sets me off. Um, if you if you want to see just how bad uh, GM Bill can f up your character, pull this line. I have heard that so many times. Not the you know the <laughs> not the you want to see how much of a jerk I can be. I've heard that a fair number of times too. But you know what? That's what my character would do. Yeah. 
Um, and in those circumstances, you know, um, I, I've, I've heard it phrased a different way. You know, I just, I, I think that's what my character would have, would, would, would do, you know, in relation to something, you know, non-jerk behavior related, you know, and it's <laughs> like, yeah, okay, I get that. Um, but when, when someone's just a jerk, it's like, yep. oh, here's this, here's this weapon that I just cannot use that is magical that someone else can use or this item that someone else in the party get, but I'm going to pocket it because that's what my character would do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it drives me up the wall. And this one is oftenly linked to alignment. Yes. Well, another way of saying it. Well, that's what my alignment is. I'm chaotic asshole. You know, I'm chaotic, chaotic asshole. asshole. That's yeah. what my yeah. alignment is. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm neutral moron. Um, so uh, this is what what I'm going to do. Yeah, this one's very, very oftenly is a justification linked to their alignment. And a very oversimplification for, for, for the behavior where it's like, okay, no, not necessarily what your alignment would do, nor is it not necessarily what your character would do. It's, it's you, the player, kind of being a jerk yeah using this as an excuse to, to be a to, jerk yeah just i'm gonna pull a dick move because i'm in a yeah. dick mood um and it's uncool yep so don't do it ever yeah it's just it's not it's not okay and if you find yourself doing it and the game master points it out don't do it again just to piss off the game master because it didn't work when you tried to piss off the the, the player yeah, because once again, you you know, this is a really fast way to find your character dead. Yeah, offer an apology. Yes, if you, you know, get, if you get called one, out, if you get yeah. called out on it, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's reasonable, and 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 move on. Again, it goes back to you know a social game where people are in the same room together at the same table, playing a cooperative game, and there's really no place for that sort of that sort of thing. And it just occurred to me that you could get caught in this, this is what my character would do thing, and not necessarily be the jerk. It could be that this is a play style that was adopted on another table. Yeah, uh, We had a gentleman that joined us. We thought he was going to be a really good fit, but it, it's like he wanted to play house all the time. Let's set up a keep, and uh, and I want to you know hire servants, and meanwhile the rest of the group wants to adventure. And but but that's what my character would do because he was nobility, and lost, and he wants it back. Okay, then let's go off and find your nobility and people that will rouse behind you. No, uh, I want to pick furniture for the great room because that's what my character would do. Now he's not necessarily being an ass, right? Which he wasn't. To he wasn't. He you know he was a great player too, um, but it just wasn't a good fit for us. But that's what his character would do. And I think at one point he didn't come out and say exactly that, but he he might he might just as well have. It doesn't mean he did anything wrong, and he wasn't being a dick to anybody, and he wasn't. But it was still disruptive to the gameplay, to the story to that the Game Master was trying to present to the other players because it was a, it was a gaming style yeah. that did not fit with our group. And he, with blessings, 
he moved on and we've still conversed a couple of times after the fact, Hey, hope things are going good for you. You know, and, and I do miss him. I, I did like him very much, yeah. but they said it's, it's what my character would do. And that's all well and fine, but it's not what everyone else wanted to do. Yeah. It, it and it's hard when there's that, that conflicting play style. And in this case, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a huge conflict. It wasn't like there, like no. you said, there wasn't any animosity. It's just the the play style didn't didn't fit with with the group. It happens, but that it did fall into the category of that's what my character yeah. would do, and 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 you yeah, and and he wasn't using it as an excuse to be a jerk. You know, he was. This, this is really what my character would do. This is how I have it set up. Yep, but it still kind of slowed things down. Um, yeah. And, to a and a, quite a few of the other people like, you know, geez, is this all we're going to do? Yeah. I, and, and it kind of self resolved, resolved itself. Um, he realized that it wasn't a good fit. Um, we realized it wasn't going to fit. And it's like, yeah, you, you know, I think you're right. Um, you know, Hey, sorry. Great time while you were here, but you know, okay. If you found another group, Hey, you know, blessings off you go. Yeah. In in all sincerity, have a good time. You know, you're, yep. you're always welcome. But, you know, it was still a pitfall because he was either unable or unwilling to change his play style to match the group, and he expected the group to match to him. And that's not going to happen. No, you know, and, and you, you should make efforts as a GM to give every particular person player a little bit of what they're looking for um but giving you know totally modifying the play style of a group for one person is really unreasonable you know and it's not something that um is is going to pay back any dividends you know you may find yourself running a table with one person yeah i don't suggest or condone that at all yeah i know i wouldn't do it and you shouldn't either there you go. So there are always going to be pitfalls. There are going to be things you should and should not do. But keep your game master and, more importantly, your other players in mind. As you build your character, as you develop your character, pay attention to the gameplay, pay attention to the story, pay attention to the game master, and everyone will get along just great. And those are five D&D player pitfalls to avoid. Don't be that jerk. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at thedungeonmastersdojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.